We all may be knee-deep in new baby goats, but this week on Goat Gab, Cameron and I are dreaming of warmer days and the upcoming show season. Join us this week as we talk about setting goals and making plans for the 2022 Dairy Goat Shows. Goat Gabbers, we are so glad to have you join us again on another fun episode of Goat Gab. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Laura Warren-Hughes. And I'm the other co-host, Cameron Jodlowski. And it is just us tonight, Laura. I know. It's kind of fun. It feels like coming home. Yeah, it it does. And, you know, for the listeners, a little, I guess, inside baseball look here. Um, You know, we plan our weeks accordingly and we, you know, try to get a guest lined up each week. But, you know, when you do three interviews in a row like we did, we always like to take the fourth one off. Kind of Laura and I talk. Don't you agree? I do. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But not. Love our guests. Absolutely love our guests, but sometimes it's just fun to to just chat between the two of us. Again, that was kind of the whole idea of Goat Gab is just hanging out um, in a tack pen at a show. So it feels it feels like that. Yeah. Well, th- talking about our goats, Laura, what's happening to your place? Um. So I was supposed to have a second doe kid, and um, you know the ultrasound is a great tool. I really love it, and this. This is a coming yearling. I was really excited to see her fresh. And then all of a sudden, I kind of noticed about two-thirds of the way through her pregnancy, she doesn't look that pregnant anymore. And um, no utter development, didn't look that big or anything. And uh, she was due today. Thank goodness I didn't induce her. So I pulled her up and and, uh, pulled the ultrasound out. And she's pregnant, but it's definitely... I think I'm going to have kids in June. Gosh, darn it. (laughs) She's definitely not very far along. Yeah. So, you know, um, and I did ultrasound her at 30 days and she was pregnant at that point. So I think, you know, at some time she's, you know, slipped a pregnancy, reabsorbed it or something, but um, so glad that I used my eyes and not just my uh, notebook of breeding dates and said, (laughs) yeah, no, this does not. This is not ready to go. So uh, we still just have the two lone babies. And of course, they're totally and absolutely spoiled rotten because when you're the only kids that you have for three weeks, everybody picks you up and carries you and plays <laughs> with you. And, and yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and honestly, it's probably good. We don't have a whole bunch of goats on the ground because, uh, like you, Cameron, um, the darn work life that pays for the goats has been keeping me hopping over the past couple of weeks. So, oh, yeah. uh, that's, that's really it in a nutshell, trying to find, Hey, you know, it's always seems to me like this time of year, uh, Hey, Hey stores start getting low. And when you don't grow your own, sometimes you're at the mercy of, of good hay sources. So, um, anyway but we're making yeah. it so what's new with you um well i it's kind of a tale of two different seasons i feel like this w- last couple weeks here it was bitterly cold last week but it was a really good opportunity to get the barn cleaned when it was bitterly cold um so we we got the barn clean and we called it a rough clean but it really turned out to be a we literally stripped everything out and we made it really nice so um it's amazing laura let me tell you something it's amazing how it looks like you have less goats when you clean your barn. Oh, yes. And they look better, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're not, you know, hanging out on mud piles and you know playing King of the Hill and, and everything else under the sun there. So we cleaned that out. That was really nice there. We got um, 
some of our plumbing fixed in our basement. Um, believe it or not, um, when you wash milk buckets in there for 20 plus years, um, there might be some backup in your drain. Um, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, um, it, it, it was pretty gross. But just something to consider for the listeners out there that um, an eel works great in a drain. Uh, you just don't want to touch what's on the eel. Yeah, yuck. <laughs> um, is that one of those deals, Cameron, that you can like dump enzyme stuff or, or other things down it to keep it nice and gurgling clean? I don't we know. Du- yeah. I, I know that sometimes people flush stuff down their toilet to help their septic tanks. So. Yeah, we had done like some liquid plumber and such, but no such luck. But the eel worked great. Um, so I, I learned, we learned a lot this week about plumbing. Um, not necessarily a good thing, uh, but nonetheless, um, good learning opportunity. Very good. Um, Was it cheese? Was it cheese Uh, or, or just things that shall not, things that shall not be named. (laughs) Um, Other than that, we got some hay, we got some grain there. I ran up to Catherine's as well. I clipped on some Toggenbergs. So I'm excited about those. And I'm really excited to have kind of a a study. I call it a, I'll call it a study here where we have um, two does that or twins, so at the same time here, same age there, but one has two freshenings, but the freshening was in between. So it was like a, she freshened as a yearling, was dry as a two-year-old, now she freshes as a three-year-old, and the other one's been fresh three years, three times. So I'm interested to see how that study that we're going to do this year uh, progresses, um, but there are some visual differences already. So I'm pretty excited to watch that throughout the season and picture that as well. So do you want to elaborate a little bit on the differences? Cause like in my head, I'm, I'm picturing maybe one has more body capacity. Maybe one's a little taller. Yeah. So what the first thing I am noticed in is the degradation of the pastern. So the, th- so the freshener, so the, the third freshener has a little bit sh- weaker pastern than the first or the second freshener and then the biggest thing is utter size as well and it's primarily the width of that mammary system in between those hawks there so i'm excited to see that bloom as well but i would imagine you know the more you stretch an utter you know the bigger it gets there so um, i can't wait to watch these two does they'll be fun you're gonna have to take some pictures and we'll have to post it on the goat gap yeah absolutely i love looking at pictures of development and it's always fun um to have like a little study to just kind of talk about as well um, because that's how we get knowledge in this industry i feel like it's just we talk to people yeah it (laughs) i think social media for all the evils that it has has done so much to help uh, widen the knowledge pool and share ideas. So I'm I'm excited. Goat Gab's part of that, but also really love seeing other people's pictures. You know, just like you said, you learn so much from other people's experiences. Yes. Yeah. And then the last thing is we got our sale barn check from um, a previous year, the Pepperoni Man. I will tell you what, Laura, thirty to sixty dollars for two week old kids. Um, it is a good time to visit the Pepperoni Man. No kidding. Really? That's pretty yeah. impressive. These kids weigh maybe 20 pounds, 30 maybe. pounds? Yeah, about about that, to 20 to 30 pounds. My, that's interesting. Yeah, and then uh, we took a mature milker there too, and we got $350. So um, that's <laughs> that's pretty exciting as well there. Uh, so, I mean, if you, uh, I mean, if you're, uh, this could be a good time to get rid of goats. Um, if you have a excess amount or you have a couple does that, 
um, you know, are a little, uh, are fluff, as I call them there. You feel like you need to trim the fat. It's nice to know that you can get a little more money than what you're used to, because I'll tell you what, Cameron, I would assume it's the same where you are. Feed prices are going through the roof. Uh-huh. Yes, you are exactly right there. We just actually, so I work in crop insurance and we set our crop insurance price for the um, premium of crop insurance and crop insurance works very differently, but we won't talk about that today than regular insurance, but it is the highest recorded soybean price in the history of crop insurance is set this year. Dang. Wow. So I'm guessing that that means that uh, we're not expecting these prices to go back to normal. Anytime no, soon. absolutely not. I would not project that at all, uh, especially what's going on in the world. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, no, let's talk about the happy but, things. But uh, speaking of happy things, um, one thing that I did today was I chored in shorts and Crocs today. Yeah, so did my youngest daughter. Of course, she had on a winter coat <laughs> on top, but she had shorts <laughs> and boots on. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But it was in the seventies here. So did you have that kind of weather in in where you yeah. are too? Oh yeah. It was great. It was phenomenal. The doors were open. The girls were loving life. I mean, it's it was a beautiful day here. Really again, maybe definitely a trail of two different seasons over the last week. Yeah, I think Mother Nature's been off of her bipolar meds <laughs> or something because she's really kind of been crazy lately. But but you know what? We'll take these 70, 70 degree days for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely there. Uh, but this week here on our podcast, we have a sponsor, uh, a favorite sponsor of ours here um, is uh, AK Acres, Ashley and Kyle Scheel of Southern Wisconsin. Ashley and Kyle, along with their two children, Rhett and Annie, raised Toggenberg, Toggenbergs in southern Wisconsin. AK Acres has been raising quality Toggenbergs for over 10 years, while Ashley has spent her entire life raising goats, first with her parents and now on her own with her husband here, and have uh, racked up numerous accolades across the state uh, on a regional level and on a national level as well including multiple wins at the Wisconsin State Fair and several top five does at the American Dairy Goat Association National Show. Uh, Rhett, one of our youngest fans, I will say, uh, also wanted to make sure in this ad read that he wanted the listeners to know that he is starting with a La Mancha this year, so we're excited to see that kick off there. But to find out more information about uh, the Shields and AK Acres, feel free to check out their website, akacres.com or find them on Facebook at AK Acres and Shield Grain LLC. Thank you, uh, Ashley and Kyle here for your uh, sponsorship this week. Yes, and Ashley is one of our devoted listeners, and and um, I know that I really appreciate her feedback on on our podcasts and, and different ideas and questions, and she um, certainly is a great wealth of knowledge too. So if you happen to see Ashley judging at a show, uh, give her a big shout out there too because she's she's a pretty cool person i'm gonna meet her in person someday awesome uh laura one thing before we move uh, before we move on i wanted to uh, correct myself from last week during the uh announcement of the adga national show judges i said lynn fleming it is actually lynn benedict i wanted to catch myself on that correct myself oh of course. You know what? I think you probably did what I did. I saw a face in my head and put the wrong name with it. <laughs> yeah. So get, always correcting ourselves there as well on that one. But it looks like there are is some ADGA news. Laura, do you want to talk about kind of the linear appraisal schedule being announced? 
Well, yeah. And, you know, again, the good old Facebook, lots and lots and lots of discussions about linear appraisal, but um, they did come out with a tentative schedule of um, the different states and what months you probably are going to be appraised in. Um, I just want our listeners to remember that, you know, all of these are a bit tentative, but they're there to kind of help you have some ideas in the back of your mind. Um, they really don't come up with a concrete schedule until people turn in their herd sheets that say exactly how many animals are going to be at each stop so that our appraisers can make good decisions and, and our um, performance programs manager can help them come up with routes and stops that make sense. Um, geographically makes sense as far as time management goes and, um, you know, make sure that, that you understand there's linear appraiser has, has limited resources. We all know that, that we don't have a lot of appraisers, but having said that, sometimes you might just have to make some hard decisions and it may come down to, do I go to my uh, family birthday party or do I go to appraisal this day? Or, you know, do I go to this local show or do I go to appraisal? Sometimes appraisal is going to win out because you recognize that there's lots of shows, but not lots of appraisal opportunities. However, like for me, um, if appraisal ends up being on the weekend that my stepdaughter is getting married, probably doesn't make a lot of sense to skip the wedding and and uh, go to linear appraisal. I don't think that that would earn me any points with anybody in my family. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's like everything else. You, you kind of have to, you kind of have to pick and choose. And, and, you know, if it doesn't work out this year, hopefully it's going to work out for you next year. But I just think we need to assume good intent and realize that um, our um, performance programs manager, Jim is trying to do the very best he can with the resources that he has. And, um, as I said, assume good intent, try to do your very best to be clear about what weekends do and don't work for you and, and just move forward with that. So do you have any other thoughts on that, Cameron? You've appraised more years than what I have. So yeah, just realize that it might not always be convenient for you. Um, but remember that they are trying to literally balance an appraiser schedule, stop optimization. I mean, there are tons of things to go into planning a linear appraisal trip. So um, just because it might not work out for you doesn't mean that um, don't don't go scorched earth policy on that. Uh, and one thing as well is, to, you know, be prepared to take off work. I'm, I'm going to say that and be very open and transparent. I've given up vacation days to do a linear appraisal or linear appraisal prep and uh, my dad's taken off time and Catherine's taken off time. So, um, you know, you have to understand is that they, ADGA has to optimize the hours in the field for an appraiser. So it might be on a Thursday, a Wednesday, a Monday there. It could be on a Monday morning after a goat show. Um, it's just what is going to have to happen in order to make sure that these appraisal trips get scheduled. Um, something I learned recently from the linear SOP is that in that um, standard operating procedures that the um, linear appraisal committee put out is that um, they, you are allowed three exclusion dates there. Um, with from that current SOP. And again, that's the current SOP or last year's SOP. I have not seen an updated SOP for 2022, but that's what it says is you're allowed three exclusion date dates. So, and it's one singular day. So if you wanted to do a whole weekend, you would have to block off two of those three days. Oh, good to know. So it's not like I'll be gone July 1st through July 15th. 
can't do that. It's July 1st is one Correct. day. Okay, good to know. For people like me who really have to stop and think SOP, that's the operating procedures manual. Yes. Yes. (laughs) There. Uh, And is that something, Karen, that can people find that on the AdGood website or where where would they find the the SOP for linear appraisal? I would reach out to the chairman of the linear appraisal committee and ask for a copy there, or maybe go to Jim and performance performance manager of Adga and ask for a copy of that. Well, as well, I'm guessing it's not light reading, and it's not something that everybody is going to want to read. But if it is something that you're really interested in delving into, I think that could be something you'd want to look at. Maybe yeah. absolutely there on that one. One, well, so I, is that pretty much it with Adga News? One last thing I quickly wanted to touch on is that um, DNA billing is going out right now. Um, I know this because our account got hit with our DNA billings there. Um, and I kind of reached out to Adga and had some questions there and they got right back to me on my DNA billing. Um, and so be looking for those to hit your um, account. Um, and be prepared that it is going to hit your account there. Uh, just be cognizant of it. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to Adga and ask those questions if you don't understand where those charges are coming from. So, Makes sense. You might think you have a whole bunch of money in your account and not realize that, oh, yeah, these still haven't gone through yet. So um, good to keep an eye on yeah, that. Absolutely there. Uh, Laura, what are we talking about this week? Well, I don't know about you, Cameron, but especially with this warm weather today, um, looking forward, I am just chomping at the bit to get ready for show season. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I am kind of excited. Uh, you know, I've got some goats fresh and it's kind of just fun to think about what could happen this year. Right. And, and I know that my daughters and I, you know, we see people announce, Oh, Hey, don't forget to mark this show on your calendar. And we have these judges and, and it's always fun when you see, Shows that are that are being announced, and you think, "Oh, we haven't been to that one. That's not that far away." Or, "Ooh, that looks like a good one to go to." Or, "I haven't shown under that judge yet," or different things. So, I thought it would be kind of fun if maybe we talk about planning for show season because um, I, I like to plan. I like to have kind of some goals in mind, and I thought maybe some of our listeners might enjoy the thought process behind thinking of shows and. And, um, you know, maybe some things that can help them as they're planning out their show season as well. I will tell you, Laura, as I think about summer, I always put the goat shows. I'm either judging or I'm I'm uh, we, we want to go and hit this year in my calendar first. And then I fill it in with all the other stuff as well after that, um, just because I would rather be at a goat show. Uh, unfortunately, this year, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of those because um, I'm at the rightful age where all of my friends are getting married. So. <laughs> So you have a lot of weddings that have populated your calendar already. Unfortunately, yes. Um, but nonetheless, I always, I was um, those goat except shows. for one. Go ahead. There's a big deal one though coming well, up. We, we purposely planned that for non-goat show season. However, I was approached um, by the wonderful people, by the Minnesota Goat Ladies Judge Goat Show, the week before my wedding. Um, so I I can't say no to Marge Kitchen, as people know. Um, so I I said yes. So uh, I am doing a goat show before my wedding, not the weekend of though. <laughs> 
I don't think Catherine would be very impressed if you showed up late smelling like fuck. I don't think that's a good idea, Cameron. No, not too fond of that one there. Probably wouldn't surprise her, though. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, this is a great topic to think about right now. And Laura, what's the first thing you do when you think about, okay, I got my calendar out, I'm looking at the shows, maybe I want to attend. What are you thinking about? Well, one thing that I've tried to be more mindful about over the past few years is what are some goals that I have for this show season? Like, for example, if you know, if you know that you have a five-year-old that has two champion legs, a goal you might set is to try to figure out how to get that dough finished. Um, you know, maybe she hasn't finished before now because you have others in that class that you've shown. That's kind of our situation. So, um, you know, I, getting everybody in, in my little show family here on the same page that, okay, this year we really want to make sure that we do everything we can to get this dough finished. Um, another thing is, is like my youngest daughter, Caroline, this is her last year of being in youth activities at the national show. So we know that that is a goal that we absolutely come heck or high water. We want to be in Harrisburg so that she can be in showmanship one last time. Um, and along with that, then that means that she's going to be looking for some pretty competitive shows as far as showmanship goes throughout the year. So she can hone her skills and, and make sure that she's in her top game for nationals. So that's another goal that you might set is if you have kids in 4-H or, or youth that are showing, maybe seek out some shows that have a lot of competition as far as youth goes. Yeah, that, that is a big one there as well. One thing that we're going to make a goal in, in my herd actually next year is we're going to try to hit, uh, my goal is to try to hit a new show every year just to see a different area, uh, part of the country, maybe show against different goats or maybe just get a new experience as well. So maybe you want to go to a new show. Identifying that new show early um, will be will be nice because it allows you to save different resources that might be needed. Uh, vacation time, maybe you need to budget for gas and, and fuel or get a hotel there. So again, um, new shows, that's something that next year we're actually going to start prioritizing because I love to go to goat shows and meet all types of people. Something else to keep in mind too, when you go to new shows, that opens up new venues for you, possibly to, to make some animal sales. Um, you know, if people haven't, if people haven't seen your herd in person before and you hit their community, you might find that, wow, all of a sudden I'm selling some animals to this area where I've not sold before. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I always, I always love going to new shows and I love meeting new people and, and being interacting there as well. So um, I don't know if we're, we're not going to have any new shows this year to my knowledge, knock on wood, um, unless something were to happen. But um, again, maybe also in thinking about that, maybe you want to hit up different regional shows as well. So I'll, I'll pick on myself maybe because we're moving to Wisconsin. Maybe we want to go to a, a show in Minnesota that we've never been to because um, it might be different for us. And again, it's all about seeing different competition and we're going to know where your goats stack up. You already mentioned a show, Cameron, that has been on my bucket list for a long time. Oh, yes. I've never gotten to go to the Minnesota Goat Ladies show and I really, really, really want to do that. So if I can figure out how to make that work, that's on my bucket list. It's it's a phenomenal goat show. Again, I can't say enough nice things about that. We've we've tooted the horn about the the Minnesota Goat Ladies about that show, um, but it's it's well deserved uh, uh, praise. I'll say that there. 
And sometimes the shows that you put on your list, on your goal list, as you mentioned, maybe it's not a show, maybe it's not on that list because you think it's going to be outstanding competition. Maybe it's on that list because you just want, like the people there or you want to see something in that area. And that is totally fine too. And, and sometimes you have to think about the people in your family that might tag along to a show that aren't necessarily dyed in the wool goat show people, but they'd like to support you. And Hey, if you can give them a place that's fun to see um, while they're going to a show, that's a good thing. And that's one thing I always love about national shows is the committee usually tries to put together a nice package of, Hey, while you're here, go to the Louisville slugger plant or to the uh, Jim beam whiskey plant or different things like that, that, that maybe, you could put in your book of memories along with a memorable dairy goat show. For those going to Harrisburg, uh, I will highly suggest uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, the chocolate factory there. Very cool. They have a roller coaster. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Uh, Yes. That's where, yeah. I told myself I was going to go this year. Uh, do not think that will be happening, but uh, not the nationals to the roller coaster. <laughs> I love roller coasters. Oh, Absolutely oh, love yeah. them. So I'm going to have to put that on Oh, yes. Yeah. But one thing to think about when you're – maybe it's the goal of getting a new permanent champion. Maybe consider, do I want to attend a less competitive show in order to finish a GOAT that potentially could be, you know, not as nice as my other GOATs, for example, there? So, um, you know, I have a – I have a you know, last year I had a sable that wasn't as nice as my younger does, but – um, you know, we attended some less competitive shows in order to get her finished. So just maybe consider that as well as do I want to go again to reach my goal? Do I maybe have to adjust my competition? And I think too, along with that, Cameron, you could consider, do I need to split my herd? Should I go to a show here and send maybe a few goats with somebody else to another show? And and you can do that as well. Yes. And you know what? We have. we've we, My herd's actually done that before. Or, well, I'll say Captain's herd and my herd. Um, you know, it just kind of depends. And, you know, do I need to go to XYZ and maybe I'll send Caroline to XYZ there? Um, because Caroline and, and maybe Caroline and Madeline are very capable of taking care of the herd um, there and showing them at two perfection levels. I have a, a smiling Caroline in the background. <laughs> she was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've touched on the idea of national show a little bit here. Um, and I think that that's probably the one that takes the most planning, especially if it's a long distance journey for you. So I know that it's on our list of people to talk to, um, talking with someone who has made a really long journey and has done it very successfully. So I don't think we want to go into the logistics of traveling, but one thing that we kind of ran into last year, Cameron, um, my girls and I had a lot of fun going to a whole bunch of earlier shows and a couple of our does that we felt like were competitive at the beginning of the year looked pretty dang stale by the time we got to nationals. And, um, you know, nationals were a little bit later. It was towards the end of July in 2021. Do you have a, do you guys have like a cutoff or a plan for not overshowing those before you get to nationals? Um, It just depends on the goat. You know, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but I think it's important to reiterate is that you need a practice filler too. 
Um, you need you need to get that gold out, and this is my opinion. You need to get that gold out once or twice, especially if they are younger doe and they've never fresh and they've never filled their udder before. They need to know what that feels like because before they get to the big dance, you know, it's well. Think about it. It's the NCAA tournament here. You don't go to the NCAA tournament without playing at least you know twenty six basketball games. So um, I'm not saying you have to go to twenty six shows, but what I'm what I'm saying here is that. I like to think if you're going to go to the national show, I think that goat needs at least one stretch, one, you know, 14, 16 hour, 18 hour fill there if they're an older doe. And then if they're a younger doe, I would suggest anywhere from two to three stretches. That makes sense. And then just leave them home after that to enjoy their homeostasis and make milk and be chill so that when they get to nationals they are like popping again yeah i i'm i wouldn't suggest that because i'm the biggest fan of saying you do what's best for you because i am not going to tell a person hey you have to do this and this is the secret formula to success i would encourage that you know you don't take them out the week before the national show um because that can be a little dicey yeah i i would say so too and then i also think too you need to think about what classes, um, age classes go for nationals. So for example, I know that I have several shows around here that have all kinds of different cutoffs for that um, junior yearling class. But when you get to nationals, it's May 1st. So you have kids that that may be dry yearlings at your local show, but woohoo, they jump into that nice little tiny junior yearling class at nationals. So um you know, you might keep in mind when you're deciding which does to keep and which does to sell, how do you get your group classes? What classes do you have to show at at nationals or even at your own state fair or local shows that might have group classes? How how can you fit all those in there with your animals? Yeah. And one thing, and again, I know I am very passionate about this, is you you should be thinking about group classes as well for the national show. Group classes, and this again, this is my opinion. This is my soapbox. Not enough people enter them. Um, it, that's the first thing. Secondly, the biggest thing is that this shows your consistency as a herd when they are entered. So, if you want to show off consistency of groups, consistency of type of sire, consistency of type of dam, uh, major improvement from dam to daughter here, this is where you show that off. I'm not saying, as you're thinking about culling goats here, that you should keep goats for group classes. I will never say that because I am I am getting rid of some goats this year that have been kept around uh, because they were one of the reasons why they were kept around was because they were part of group classes. Um, however, I'm saying that's one thing to put into the back of your mind, but don't take them off the off the uh, bubble list just because they can fill the group class at nationals. But also don't be afraid to reach out to people maybe that you've sold animals to that maybe they weren't animals that you were culling. Maybe they were just animals because you had too many in there. If if it would work for a group class, you can always borrow those animals back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely on that one. And goes the same goes for kids too as well, especially in those juniors. I know my dad is always thinking about, okay, how many juniors can I have? Or, you know, if I pull this and if I keep this one, oh, we got to keep this one for a group class, da 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 which is great and all. However, are you keeping necessarily the best is my question. Yeah, that's, that's always a, a difficult decision and one that we have talked about and we probably will talk about again because 
Always something good to revisit and remind myself of every year. You can't keep them all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so one thing that's not on our list, but I do want to just, you know, throw in your ear. If you are thinking about nationals and if you are trailer, trailering overnight, plan your route early. Um, really think about, you know, if you have to stay overnight, if you're not driving straight through, um, make sure you find that fairgrounds or that place in order to camp out there. Uh, contact them, you know, months in advance instead of just days because their, their spots could get filled easily. I know the fairgrounds where we stay in Wheeling, West Virginia, um, generally tends to fill up really quickly. So Cameron, a question about that. Is there a website? Is there a list of places that are open to doing that? Because, you know, I, going back east towards Harrisburg, I have some ideas in my head just because I used to live that way. But if I were heading west, I would have no idea how to how to consider places to stop at or where to stay. Do you have do you have ideas on that? Um, I have actually been contacted by people and they're like, where do you suggest to stay? And it's been, you know, two or three people, one when I lived in Iowa, one when I lived in Illinois. Um, and they and generally, you know, they contact people in the area. If you don't know people in the area, look up your route and start making phone calls. Um, you know, most fair boards or fair offices, um, they'll, they'll gladly take your money and, and set up some pens for you as well. So um, I know Mike, my, my local fairgrounds does it. Um, there's a phenomenal facility that we actually use for our goat club show um, that houses a lot of goats in Illinois um, as well there. And, you know, most facilities I would say have it there. Um, but feel free to uh, make a game plan if you're going to be traveling cross country. Good advice, Cameron. Well, I think one thing as you're thinking about planning, um, there's, there's no doubt that the ADGA world of 2022 is a little bit challenging right now with NG and things that are going. And, and I thought maybe it'd be good to delve into some considerations for that. Um, one of them is about, those finished champions, the does that you know got their third leg last year or maybe, um, you know, early in the year and they're finished, but you don't have that on their papers. So they can't show in those champion challenge classes. You need to make kind of a decision what you're going to do with those does. Yeah. Uh, Laura, I guess I'll start with you. What are you thinking for that? Oh, <laughs> I think a lot of it depends on. I think a lot of it depends on your situation. You know, if you're going to a small show that you know, or you have a breed that doesn't have a whole lot of animals, and I, I'm going to pick on your beautiful sable breed for a little yeah. bit. You know, even in Missouri, we have a lot of sable breeders that, that attend shows and, and bring their beautiful animals out. But there are some times where, um, you know, you might only have 10 or 12 sable milking does at that show. That may not be a show that you want to show a doe you know is already finished, but you can't put her in that champion challenge class um, because the doe that would go reserve under her if she wins would only get a restricted leg. But if you're showing alpines or Nubians or Nigerian dwarfs and you know that there's over 20 animals that are going to be shown in that senior doe show, I think that that can be a big game changer for whether or not to show that finished champion. Cause a, she may not win again. And B, if she does that doe that goes reserve under her 
gets an unrestricted leg. She gets a full champion leg. So I, you know, I think, I think knowing the size of the show that you're going to and kind of thinking about your competition are things that you've got to keep in mind. What do you think about that? Cameron? Yeah, a couple things are coming to my mind right now here. And this is just a couple suggestions. Just, just, I'm just thinking here. Um, the first is that maybe you choose to uh, bring that go to long, you know, you prep her for the show there and you utter her up. Maybe you utter her up to right before the breed. You're actually going to show there. Then you milk her out. So again, she's getting that good stretch right there as well. Um, and she's getting that good stretch. You can snap a good picture of her. And on top of that, um, you can use her and throw her in as a number if you would need that number in order to get to that 10 goats. So you're getting a good stretch. You're maybe getting a picture for social media or Facebook or whatever there. Uh, so that's my first, that's my first thought. My second idea is that maybe it's a two or three or four ring show at, at that goat show. So maybe you show her in, in one of the rings, but you don't show her in the other two or three rings there or one ring there. Um, you know, that might be an idea that, okay, she gets the good stretch that you need. You can take a picture there. You can get the pride of showing her off. However, um, you might not be taking away from other um, goats that you might want to finish. Boy, I think those are very valid things to think about there. One last thing I'm going to say is it's, as a goat judge, as a lover of goats, as someone that likes to see beautiful animals, um, please, if you want to show your goats in the regular class, if they are a finished permanent champion, don't let anyone discourage you from doing that because you are taking your time out of your life to prep those animals. And it is your choice to show those animals in that regular class. So do not let anyone bully you into not showing your goats into that permanent, into that regular class. I couldn't have said that better. Totally agree with that. Yeah. That, that again, yeah. we, that is a big problem in, in the dairy goat industry is, is that people get bullied into taking their goats out of the class, even though they've paid money to show them there. So um, again, but I will say on the flip side, there's a con that people do think that you are depriving them or stripping them of a leg. Um, and, you know, it is a negative perception. I'm putting air quotes around negative perception. However, at the end of the day, you're doing what's best for your herd, your goats, and and you are doing what you want to do. And also there might not, there might be a chance that that animal might not win. Right. And I think when you put a finished champion in the regular class, you are risking the fact that, your beautiful finished champion could be beaten by somebody else's animal who doesn't have a single leg. That's just, that's just the way it goes. So, um, you know, don't, I, I agree a hundred percent. Don't let anybody bully you and don't be that bully. Don't say, well, it's not a rule, but it's just etiquette not to show a finished champion. No, they, it, it is legal to show a finished champion in, in their age class especially this year, I think we're going to find that happens a lot. And it is, it is what it is. You know, let the best goat win that day, I think. And let the people show their goats. That's why they brought them there. Yeah. Let the people show their goats. And, and that kind of, that kind of leads us in Cameron to um, a, a related problem, which is showing those that have a dry leg. Um, certainly there's not a champion challenge for dry does never has been 
And, you know, we all know that there are, there are kids that'll get a dry leg as a, as a kid. And then you show them again as a dry yearling, if they're beautiful and they're correct, they probably have even a greater chance of winning a dry leg as a dry yearling than what they did as a kid. That's totally fine. You can do that. It's, there's no shame in that. It's totally legal to do that. There's no ethical problem with doing it. I don't see a problem with it. What do you think? I agree wholeheartedly. And to be honest with you, Laura, I have a short memory. <laughs> Probably a, a fault of mine, or definitely a fault of mine. But I, I, I'll say that I might not remember which goat of, you know, I'll pick on Catherine's herd, if it got a leg last year. So I might not even remember that that goat got a leg if they're my competition there. So also consider that. I mean, goats change over the years as well. And it's a dry leg. If that doe is really a nice doe, that that there is no reason to think that she couldn't get all three legs as a milking doe. So if if you get beaten by somebody else who already has a dry leg, that's fine. Just beat her the next year as a milking doe. I I just don't see where there's that big of a deal. And I also feel like you need to bring into consideration the fact that sometimes that these winning dry kit, these winning dry leg does. They might be owned by a youth and that might be their only dry doe. And do you really want to condemn a youth exhibitor for showing the only goat that they have because it has a dry leg? What a way to get people not to stay in dairy goats. I, I just think, I just think again, you've got to be nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the thing is we just got to be more kind. Be kind. Assume good intent. Be kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But of course, if it's, you know, a payback show or it's a specialty or if it's, you know, a state fair or something like that, the gloves come off. I mean, you know, don't think that because you go to, you know, the Illinois State Fair that everybody's not going to show their, their uh, you know, their champion or their uh, dry leg, non-dry leg goats. No. And, and you know, even looking at milking does, of course, there's no champion challenge at a national show. So there are champions through all of those milking dough classes. And when you go to a state fair, if you're bringing your whole herd out because you want to make a great showing, you might have five or six finished champion does. You probably aren't going to want to put all of those does in champion challenge. Oh, yeah. You know, um, putting some of them in their age classes helps you to make more premiums, which helps to buy more hay or more feed or more equipment. Mm-hmm. And um, also gives you a better showing. So I, you know, I, I think that, again, let people make up their own mind and don't condemn them for doing what's right for their own yeah. herd. And one thing uh, also to consider here is that I might want to go against, and maybe I'll, Laura, I'll, I won't pick on you, but I'll, maybe I want to show against Laura's herd because I know Laura has beautiful alpines and I want to see how my alpines stack up against Laura's alpines. So I might enter my goats in the regular <laughs> class to make sure, just to kind of see where my herd is against Laura's herd. Or, you know, I want to see how my herd compares to X herd there. So I'll drive to Missouri and I'll enter my goats there because I want to check where I am as a breeder compared to X breeder, Y breeder, Z breeder. I mean, just, just, you know, just some things to chew on and think about as well there uh, for uh, this year in terms of showing your goats uh, as well. Um, But moving along here, what about some of the logistical things to consider here? Laura, when you sit down and make your list and you think about logistics, what are some of the biggest hurdles you have? Well, I know for me, um, you know, the job that I have, I work Monday through Friday. So if I'm going to look at a bunch of shows that take a long travel time to get there, 
I really have to think about how that works with, with my job. Like if I get off work at four 30, so that I'm home at five and then I have to load up everything and leave is it really worth it to me to drive someplace and get there at two o'clock in the morning for a seven o'clock show? Probably not. And even though I have amazing kids who will have everything loaded and waiting and ready for me to leave, does it make it a fun show when I'm exhausted? <laughs> we get there really late. Eh, not really. So that's, that's a big consideration for me. You know, how much time do I need to take off to make sure that I get there at a good time and the animals are settled? So um, does that, does that factor into your decisions, Cameron? Uh, yes, it does. I'm again. I work it's a very similar schedule to Laura, but uh, during the summers, I actually have Fridays like half days. So uh, super nice on that front there. But I will say, if if it's a long show, or if I'm driving five plus, maybe I'm going to Missouri, maybe I'm going to Iowa, maybe I'm going to Central Wisconsin. There, um, it. I mean, it can be a long time, and that I do consider that as well. There. Um, but one also thing I also consider is what are my other resources? I think about my my vacation time that I have um, versus what are my other goals this year as a person. Okay, I know I want to go to the national show. I know I want to go. I know I want to take a honeymoon, and I know I, I have to take X Y Z dates off for all sorts of crazy things. So I need to balance what my PTO allowances or my vacation allowances versus what my goading schedule is as well. So that's always one thing I am considering is, is how many days do I have to take off in order to go there? And then what's my return on investment of me going there? Is it new markets? Is it uh, maybe I'm going to a state fair and the pay is really good. Can, and then I also think about, all right, I work remote. Can I work remotely from the goat show? If it's, if I have to move in on Thursday night, can I work remotely on Friday? Right. So Wi-Fi or um, local resources for getting connected, yes. those have to be kept into consideration. Yes. Too. I, last year, for example, I sat at a goat show for all week, uh, Tuesday through Friday, where I sat, I sat at the goat show and I was able to work remotely um, you know, most of the time because of the great Wi-Fi on the fairground. So maybe that's something to consider as well there if you are going to be sitting at a fair for a long period of time. Right. Or like when I was taking college classes, you can sometimes make that work. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you got to think about your resources there for sure. Right. Um, you know, one thing that, that I've looked at and in the beginning of the year when I'm planning, I'm like, okay, I'll go to this show on this weekend and this show on that weekend. And, and I can remember when I was a young adult going to goat shows every single weekend for like two months straight. I'll be honest with you, I'm old and that just wears me out. I can't do that anymore. So, so that's another thing that in planning, you've got to think about, okay, this is what my um, heart says it would like to do, but this is what my head and my body says and my pocketbook says is feasible. I can't go to a show every single weekend. I'll be real with you, Laura. Burnout is real in goat shows. I think I went to like 10 or 11 goat shows last year on top of judging like five or six or so. I don't even know. But burnout from goat shows is very real. By the time I judged my last show, I started in like April judging and then I judged like 10, I think I judged 10 goat shows and then I was showed at 10 ish there. I was about goat showed out. Right. And you think you're never going to say that, but it, it is real. And when you start thinking, Oh my gosh, 
I've got to load that trailer again, or um, my poor kids have to load that trailer again as I'm getting looks for my daughter. <laughs> it's good to have kids that learn how to pack, you know, <laughs> but still it's, you know, it is, it is a big time commitment. It is a big money commitment. Um, right. You know, you're, you're going to go through a lot of resources just getting to that show. So, you know, uh, be mindful of the fact that you don't want to burn yourself or your animals out. So not just the animals, the people. And one thing with that burnout is it's not just going to the goat, driving to the goat show. It's going to the, and going to the goat show and, and spending time there and, and showing your goats. It's the prep work before the goat show. And you know, Laura talked about it when loading the trailer, it's clipping the goats because clipping, Oh my gosh, that I, I I feel like that takes more time than actually going to the goat show. Well, it does. And that is the only reason why sometimes going to shows back to back weekends is worth it is you can get one clip to work for two shows. Yes. <laughs> that is nice. Yes. There, but it's the clipping. It's it's the utter trim work. It's the uh, you know, making sure the goats are washed. I, I, I know we had a listener question coming about goat washing and we'll talk about that towards the end, right, Laura? Yeah. Right. We yes. will. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah there's yeah, so much. So much work. It's just so and, and again, I, I cannot iterate enough as someone that is obsessed with goats that the burnout is real. Right. I love the shows, but man, they can get tiring. One thing that I have discovered about myself, and again, I, you know, part of it might be age, but I can remember when I was a young kid and when you went to a weekend show, you had one ring, one judge on Saturday, and then you had another judge on Sunday. And what happened in between were things like sitting around the tack pin, somebody bring a guitar, somebody else could bring some snacks and some uh, chocolate mint brownies or whatever, <laughs> whatever is your, your go-to thing in a show. But we had a lot of downtime where we could sit and relax and enjoy each other. In some ways, I guess it could be considered wasted time, but I know that the shows that I go to that are um, three rings of milking does in the morning and then three rings of milking does in, or dry does in the evening. And then the next day it's another three, di- three rings of milking does. Those get really tiresome. I mean, they're great. It's a great use of money and it's a great use of time, but boy, do they take their toll on you as far as really being, being a marathon. Oh yeah. I, I agree on that one there. And as someone that has done that many a times there, it, it truly is. You get done with that. And I think about our club show here and I love my club show six rings. It's phenomenal. But that Monday when I go back to work, I am just hooped. Oh yeah. It's just exhausting. Yes. Uh, So that's one thing to consider there burnout for yourself. And then one thing, a burnout for the goats as well, because the goats get tired just as much as you get tired as well there. So they'll generally tell you when they're tired. Um, and you'll notice it in their milk production and their feed, um, their their kind of their rate of consumption of feed there. You know when they're just as tired as you are. And when you go and you take their collar and you to lead them to the show ring and they give you that look like, you've got to be kidding me. I have to go again in the show ring. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're too tired too. But I think I think you need to keep that that 
marathon mentality with those multiple ring shows in mind when you're planning out your show schedule. Maybe don't do back to back multiple ring shows like that. Maybe, you know, pick a smaller show, maybe just a one day show or a one ring show on a weekend show to kind of break that up instead of hitting multiple ring shows over and over again. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that. You're going to get a lot of burnout from your goats and gosh, yes, it is there. Yeah. Um, One thing that I think you need to keep in mind too, and this is probably the time of year to do it, especially for uh, those people who might get some nice tax refunds. Think about the equipment that you're going to need for your goat show this next year. Um, You know, not only again, if you have a tax refund and you're looking for something to uh, spend that on goat wise, that's a good thing to spend it on. But remember uh, shipping and, um, availability of things that you might've been able to get at the drop of a hat before, just with the world's environment, what we've got going on right now, it's harder to get things in stock. So give yourself some extra time to get things that you might've put off getting for this show season. Start, start looking at those. Now I know that uh, livestock trailers seem to be at a huge premium. It's hard to find trailers for sale right now. Have you noticed that, Cameron? Yeah, and even if you do find a trailer for sale, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Our, our trailer was built in 2006, I do believe. Uh, it was $14,000. If I were to resale that trailer right now, I could probably get you know maybe two and a half times the value of it. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, they, and it's not like it hasn't been. No. (laughs) And, and you know what? They say that livestock trailers are a bad investment. Wow. Well, (laughs) and I think if you're looking to buy a new pickup truck, you're going to find the same thing. Um, yes, I I don't want to talk trucks that were bought two and three years ago are selling for the same amount that they, uh, with miles on them as what they brought as new trucks. I, It's just kind of ridiculous. So keep that in the back of your mind. If you're looking to uh, change out things like that, you might need some extra time to do that this year. Yeah. Also think about, you know, what equipment you might need for yourself as well there. Do you want to set up a a potluck scenario with your friends? Do you maybe need a new crock pot? Do you need a new sleeping bag? What about a new um, cot or tent contraption as well that you might be using there? So think about those things that you might be needing for yourself. Um, I know this year I plan to, as my, as my goat shows go is to use the crock pot more and think about that as well. Right. Eat more healthy, save some money. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. My dad and I were actually just talking and the reason why we love the Indiana state fair so much from going for it is because of our potluck group. It's so fun. So I encourage you as you think about your goat shows, think about the ones your friends that are going to get some potlucks together. Yeah, build that community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love that there. Um, Yeah. Laura, what else? Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the question that we had about bathing goats. Yes. So, yeah. So I've got the question up right here. Um, Okay. okay, So the question is, how the heck do you wash your goats? Uh, This listener asked to remain anonymous. Um, and I won't read everything else there. So, um, but basically she just says like, I don't know how to wash my goats. So Laura, let's start with you. How do you wash your goats? Um, we're pretty rednecky here. I'm just going to say it that way. 
What I wish I could say is that we had a beautiful washroom with um, heated water and, you know, blowers and, and everything else. Um, my goats either get tied to a fence and sprayed with a hose and then we wash them up or they get put on the clipping stand and get washed that way. Um, if it's hot, we might wash them and then load them onto the trailer still damp so they can kind of cool off and, you know, on the way. Um, if it's really cold outside, as much as I would like to say that we're going to wash them, we don't cause I don't want to get anybody sick. Um, we'll clean them up the best, the best we can, except for the Sonnens and the Sonnens. I, I swear, I think that Sonnens are dirt magnets and it's not just a little dirt. It's like, what have you been rolling in dirt? Are you part pig? Cause they're, it's crazy and they can be fairly clean before you put them on the trailer and they look like pig pen when they get off the trailer. So Sonnens are a little bit of a different story, but we are not fancy in how we wash them. We tie them to a fence and, and hose them off. Do they like it? Not particularly. I mean, goats don't like water. So, uh, but that's how we do it. Do you have a fancy way of doing it? Cameron? No, I don't. Uh, I'm kind of the same boat as Laura. Tie them up to a fence and then hose them off. Uh, again, they don't like it. Uh, we do give them a good scrub-a-dub-dub with uh, some soap. Uh, there, We used to have a foamer, actually, Laura, and it was crazy. It was like a specialized foam attachment thing that attached to the the, the um the nozzle and you just sprayed this foam on them. You'd wet them and then you foam them there and then you'd wet off the, or take off the foam there. And that worked really well. Um, but we lost that attachment or we lost the foam. I, I don't know what happened. Um, it got misplaced in the hundreds of other goat show things we have. Um, but, uh, with that being said, it's time to a fence. It's put them up on that milk stand or clipping stand there, especially if it's muddy. I really like that because it allows you to get a good feet off there. And then make sure they either go into a, uh, a pen that's that's got fresh straw or load them right on the trailer. Right, because you don't want to put them back in the barn and have them get disgusting and beat up on each other. And and we use soap too. I should have I should have thrown that in there. So. Um, my very favorite soap to use is Orvis, that that big square thing that kind of has that white soap that you just kind of grab with your hand and, and use on them. It smells good and it rinses off really well, but we've been known to use green apple suave too, and it works works just fine. Uh, my, <laughs> we don't get terribly fancy with our My soap. favorite is Dawn dish soap, uh, uh -huh. generally from my kitchen. Especially with bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's we again. We're not fancy here at all. Um, the only shows we actually pretty much wash our goats for is if they're really muddy, um, or if uh, we get, or we wash them all before the national show. And one trick we do have for climate controlled um, washing is that if you're in that climate controlled building, as soon as you're done washing, take them out and take them outside. Take them for a walk outside um, of the facility there and let them bask in the sunlight. Again, they really like that and are really thankful for that there. Um, but we also just use our secret Nova Sand water and just a sprinkle bit of bleach uh, to get them all clean um, after that. And I think getting them outside and walking them in the sun, I think that's a good mental health thing for them oh, too. Yeah. They just act happier when you bring them back inside. Oh, yeah. Yes, they're never happy when they're inside, I'll tell you that. No, no. And most national shows do have a decent wash area for your animals. Um, I don't know about you, Cameron, though. I kid you not, every year at the beginning of the year, 
I always buy one of those nice short hoses that has a new gasket so it doesn't leak everywhere. It has a nice little sprayer nozzle on the end. Yeah. And that goes in my tack box. And I replace it at least twice a year because people will take it out of the box at a show and use it. And then it gets donated to the show because we never forget, never remember to pick them up again. Do you do that? No, we don't actually take hoses to goat shows. Um, we actually, and I will actually unscrew the hoses that people leave on the hydrants. Um, because I do not want their goat, um, bacteria or, or whatever their goat herd could potentially have there infect, uh, you know, in, um, potentially giving something to my herd. So we, we don't, I try not to use other people's hoses. Um, and I sometimes put my own up. Um, but that only happened once. And that was last year at a goat show and that hose was a piece of crap. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I don't like to use other people's hoses either, but I sure don't like donating my hoses to other people as well. Yes. <laughs> so yes. that's that's a goal for this year, not to have to replace hoses. <laughs> I'll text you after every show, Lauren, and I'll forget the hose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, it was funny because like last year we had done pretty well. Then I had a doe break a hose, so I bought a brand new one. And we were halfway home from the state fair, and I'm like, Oh, shoot. I know that we left that hose on the wash rack because we took one of those dang saunas and washed her off and totally forgot about those, it. Those so, dang saunas. Yep, there you go. Those dang saunas. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, it's important to we'll kind of summon this episode up here. It's important to start planning early so you have a successful show season. A couple points, I guess, to kind of pull out of this one here is one, watch your burnout. I mean, it's not just your goats, but it's you as well there. Um, make a plan ahead of time, especially if you're traveling long distance. Um, and, and make sure, again, if you need something, get it early. Right. And remember why you're doing this, because it's fun. So when it stops being fun, maybe take a step back and look at why isn't it fun anymore? And what can I do to, to recapture that joy again? I'll be honest with you listeners and Laura as well. I've been to some goat shows in last year that weren't fun. Um, and when they're not fun, they, I mean, it is, it's torture. So again, I think that's super important is to look at why you're doing this. Right. Because, you know, we've all got to be a little bit nutty to think that it's fun to sleep on a cot in a, a 36 degree um, spring night, right? Cameron? Yeah. Isn't that what you had last year? Uh, it was like yeah. a negative five, I think, or something like that. But yeah, it was really freaking cold. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, but we love yeah, it. I, it's a lot yes, of fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as always, listeners, thanks for uh, joining us this week. If you like us, tell a friend. If not, give us some feedback. Um, feel free to use our Facebook page for feedback. Uh, leave us a review on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, uh, do whatever you need to do. Tell a friend as well if you like us here, if you want them to learn about obscene goat knowledge. Or obscure goat knowledge. Exactly. And obscure goat knowledge. Yes. And possibly obscene. Yeah, it uh, could be. <laughs> if you have some ideas... If you have some ideas for things that you'd like to hear us discuss or have some questions for us, just like our listener did this week, please reach out to us on our Facebook page or um, shoot either Cameron or myself a private message. And thank you again for being part of our Goat Gab community. We hope you have a great week. Have a great week. Everybody. And thank you to our sponsor this week. 
Ashley and Kyle Shield of AK Acres, also Rhett and Annie, just to get those two as well there. Thank you for being our sponsor. And again, if you want to sponsor a show, um, feel free to find that form on our Facebook page and fill it out, and then we will contact you. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll catch you next time.